Good day to everyone. And I'm here with Judson Flanagan, who is currently the Vice President of Operations in the International Department at IRC, International Rescue Committee. And full disclosure, I know Judson from many years ago when we were much younger and our hair was not gray, um, when we worked for Catholic Relief Services and Judson, I was remembering that I was the team lead for South Asia, and I don't remember your position, but you were also working on something with um, overseas stuff. And the day that the U.S. invaded or return, uh, started invading Afghanistan in 2001, you and I worked closely together in a very difficult situation because CRS was responding to the refugee situation resulting from that. Do you remember? I vaguely remember that. What uh, was I do your remember you in that role. And I think for part of that time, I was a team lead for Europe and Eurasia. And then I transitioned into special assistant to the um, executive director for overseas operations. I think that's the job you had at that yep. moment in time. Yeah. Anyways, not exactly fun times. No, but important times. But important times. So thanks for making time to talk to me today. And um, again, I'm collecting leadership stories. I want to hear what leaders in the NGO and the global development sector are learning, what their experiences are, what they want to with the wish other people learned or what they've learned through their hard knocks. And um, thanks for making time to talk to me today. How long have you been at, uh, at IRC? I've been here for uh, three years now. For three years. Yeah. And before then, where were you? Uh, I did a year with the International Orthodox uh, Organization and I was with Catholic Relief, as you said, uh, for about 15 years. So long time. Yeah. And prior to that, I was in the Soviet Union working for the International Finance Corporation and did uh, some humanitarian work for CRS and the Russian Far East as well. And so how did you get into this field? What It sounds like you were in a different trajectory or what brought you to this, the <laughs> international development field? Yeah. Um, it was really values. I think it's always values. And uh, I didn't expect my career ambitions were not necessarily aligned, even though my values were. And so I, I decided at the beginning of my career to do some work for capital relief services because of the values. And I thought I might as well do it while I'm young and I don't have a family to support and I can work for basically nothing uh, at the time. And then um, and then I went to the World Bank and worked for them. Uh, it was a great job, actually. Uh, but then the value proposition came back. And so when the Kosovo crisis broke out and CRS approached me and asked me to come back, I just couldn't say no. And uh, so it continues to motivate me. So I think that's why I'm, I'm still in the sector. So what are some of the things that you enjoy about your job, your job now? Um, the people you work with, mm -hmm. uh, like getting out to the field and seeing the programming and, and the um, services and support we provide to people, uh, clients, beneficiaries. Um, and also, I think the evolution of the sector is always of interest. Um, I think at CRS, probably people thought of me more as a 
as a change agent than at IRC, which IRC is very innovative and always changing anyway. So um, I don't necessarily feel like I'm in much of a driver of change here. Um, but it, I think as a sector, we're changing a great deal. And I find that very stimulating. So, so, so before you felt like you were the driver of the change and now it's like you're one of the you're in an organization that is about change. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would. I, I uh, to put it in a more personal kind of um, succinct way, I would say at CRS, people would often tell me I need to slow down. And at IRC, I'm in the other seat and I'm telling people, you just need to slow down. We can just take so much change at once. That's an I, interesting I don't know if that's thing. about the organization or the sector or living in New York City, as you say. <laughs> I'm also imagining that what a different role for you instead of being in the front and people pulling you back instead you're the one going um, come you're going too fast too far ahead that's quite a different position it must surprise you to be in that role yeah uh, it's it's great I mean I always like sort of uh, taking different roles putting on a different hat um, and this organization, as well as this role, has definitely had me do that in major ways. So it kind of stretches me um, sort of horizontally to be, I'd like to think, to be a more well-rounded leader or professional. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly that's one of the elements of it. And now that you've been in this position for three years, and if you think back on yourself when you were a, a younger or less seasoned person, what, what are the things that you know now that you didn't know then? Mm. Um, so what are the lessons? Yeah, so think? what are the lessons? Um, so I think um, I've always been very decisive and a driver and um, and I think I've learned over the years to slow down and certainly to listen a lot more to everybody, especially people who disagree. And it, it sort of rounds out my thinking more. It, it helps me understand um, other elements of change or decision-making or the conceptual model, whatever the, the issue may be. Um, so I think it's keep your altitude, take a long view, and make space and time to listen and engage a, a broad spectrum of the team around you. Those would be the key things that I think I've learned along the way and continue to learn. I'm, I'm struck by the make space and time because I think that's so challenging. People feel so much under pressure to take action and move forward. The, the pressures are so intense. Um, in some cases, there are people's lives that are at stake. And what I hear a lot from executives is, I, there's so many priorities on my plate they just keep getting added and how do I sort them? And so I'm struck by your taking time and slowing down. And I wonder if there's how you do that. 
So, yeah, and I, I agree with your characterization, but I think what I would do then is um, I differentiate on the issues. And certainly I think our colleagues in the field who are faced with day-to-day -day pressure where you're saving lives or influencing um, mitigating efforts to um, help people, you, you may not have that time. So maybe I would say um, with that in sight, it's all the more important for those of us in headquarters that we do take the time mm. to, on the strategic issues, on the more long-term issues, um, on the design issues when you're getting around programming or change efforts, that we, we do that. Um, yeah, so you have to, I think we have to differentiate on an issue by issue basis. And I think we also have to think about where we are in the organization and how we complement each other um, to round out the organization and make the best choices we can. I love that, Judson, because it also, where I take that is the people in headquarters need to slow down in order to support the people in the field who do need to move fast. And, and I don't know, tell me if this is what you're saying, but you have to get the strategy right. You have to get the planning right because that supports the people in the field and you need to slow down in order to get it right. Is that, am I going the same direction that you are in what you're saying? You are, uh, absolutely. The only thing I would, the only thing I would probably pull back is the word right around okay. strategy and stuff because I, um, I think strategy is directional even when you do define it uh, mm -hmm. concretely. I think it should always be flexible because we work in very different context and dynamic environments. Um, but, the, but the point of what you're saying, certainly uh, I'm in full agreement with. No, I love that. And I like being corrected on right too. As if there was just one yep. right thing to do, which there never, it, it is never that clear. And I think we struggle with that too. What is the one right thing? And that can be a trip that trips people up. Yeah. Um, have you had a mentor? Um, you know, I don't know if I've ever had a mentor that I thought of as a mentor, but I have had a number of people either maybe directly or indirectly mentored me. Um, yeah, over the years. And, and what, what are the things like you t take away from them, from well, people I, you've mentored directly or indirectly? Yeah, I think, I think the thing that I take away most is it's part of that sort of when you listen to other people a lot, you realize, oh, they bring something to the table that I don't necessarily lead in with. And, and when I become aware of that, it just makes my decision-making model and my own approach to issues so much better, I think, and full. So for instance, I once had a boss who she really led with values. And she would always, in our sector, she would always go back to the mother with the five kids who needed to feed her children. So it's, it's basic needs, values. And what do we say to that person when we make this decision? And if we can look that person in the eye when we make this decision, then okay, it, it's probably a good decision. And 
And I, I always sort of marveled at her ability to take distant decisions, strategic decisions, and bring it down to that essence and to bring that to the table. And I learned over the years that I came to rely on her to bring that in at the right time and to make sure to sort of pressure test that decision against that criteria, so to speak. Anyway, so for me, she mentored me in that lens in bringing that approach or, or that value or set of values. Um, and I would say other people similarly, um, I had another, another um, supervisor boss who was just amazing at creating energy and bringing together teams and making people feel inspired that we could do, you know, the unthinkable and the sky's the limit. And I sort of marveled at his ability to do that. And so I just sort of watched and reflected on that. And it's helped me kind of think about how do you motivate people as an individual as well as a group. And I, I hope that I kind of take and think about that sometimes or have integrated some of his skills and approaches into my own work. Anyone else that you can think of? Um, my brother actually mentored me cool. uh, growing up um, in just about being decisive and, and, you know, leading with vision and forward movement. Um, but I think too, the other thing I would add to that is the other thing I learned is that when people mentor you, you don't need to be like them. You can just take pieces and learn from them and then incorporate that as appropriate. So like the way I like to think about it is you're not going to, we're never going to replicate anybody else. Right. That's they're doing them. We got to do us. Right. Right. And how does those, those attributes look through you? You know, so let's say you're mentoring, motivating and mentoring a team as the second person you mentioned. You're not going to do it like that other guy person did. It's going to look the Judson way, right? Exactly. I mean, another person who was a colleague, he was, we were both directors in our, in our organization, in our department. And I became aware over the course of our collaboration that I would analyze first and move to a decision and he would reflect first and then he would analyze and then I would reflect. And I found if we became aware of this, if we kind of synced up the timing, we made better decisions and we, we benefited from each other's reflections or analysis. And then, and it kind of, it helped me think about some issues are better to reflect on first mm. and analyze it and then decide. Uh, and others, you know, it's different. But in any case, he too, I feel in some ways mentored me and how I approach different issues. And so some of the people, what I like it about when you're talking about mentoring, it isn't necessarily just people that you've worked for. It could be your brother. It's learning from people that you're rubbing shoulders with that are in your work or personal life. Yeah, absolutely. And even people who have been on my team, I... Right learn from and I feel like have mentored me especially in our industry when you work overseas in a in a, a new culture and you you might have a colleague who is in a more junior position but comes from that culture and then I've had them mentor me in how to think about either the the work we're doing or my decision making or my style um 
And it, even within my own culture, I've had people on my team who they didn't think they were mentoring me and I didn't either at the time, but later it's the same effect. So, yeah, I agree. I, I, I prefer to look at it in a more holistic way. I love that. I love thinking that anybody's can teach us uh, or and influence us and that we can grow from their, their strengths, watching them do them, do them, watching them do their strengths. Yeah. And one of the things that I hear from leaders is being learning from people junior that some, some people in leadership positions think that's, that's a sign of weakness. So what, what would you, how would you respond to that? How have you thought about that? Uh, I actually have not thought about that, but I, I would not see it as a sign of weakness, obviously, from what I just said. I mean, I've had um, yeah, really talented people on my teams that are, are more junior or younger than me, but brought things to the table, especially in the era of technology where people bring different kind of approaches and solutions to problems. Um, and it sort of set me back in a way of, oh, wow, that's a new way to look at things. So um, I definitely would adhere to the, the approach that we can learn from you know, others despite levels of authority or experience. And I'm thinking you're talking the way you're talking about mentoring. It makes me think about great people you think show great leadership, either people you know or you don't know. Is there anyone else that you think of when I ask that? Like, who do you say that, that those are some leadership things that I'd like to emulate? Is there anybody that's, that we haven't talked about that, you, that comes to mind? Yeah, lots of people. But um, although it's, for me, it's not necessarily people I want to emulate. It's people I admire. Okay. So for instance, even at IRC, David Miliband, our CEO, totally admire him, his ability to, to lead through vision and advocacy and engage in issues and break them down uh, in this, you know, highly critical, meaning analytical, intellectual way. Um, it's not something I aspire toward, but I greatly admire it. And um, so there's that. And then there are people like I used to work for someone, Direct Bird, who I think is still at CRS. And she was a mentor who had the values that used to bring to the table all the time. And I probably do emulate that a little bit more. Um, yeah, and she, she was a kind of a, a very unique leader in her own way. And, and uh, I greatly appreciated that. And over the years, I've come to appreciate it even more. She's also very um, disciplined and um, I don't know, forceful is not the right word, but she's going where she's going. I don't know, what's the word for that? Straight shooter. Yeah, she's I a straight shooter. Yeah. And she's about this big. That's right. <laughs> Her middle name is Little, and she really is a little bird. <laughs> That's funny. So... When you, so you've been around for a while. When you look at um, 
leaders in the NGO world, and this may be too broad of a question, but let me test it out. What do you, what do you wish that we had more of as far as leadership traits or, or I don't know, things, things we wish people led more strongly? Does that, make, does that question resonate at all? Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, to me, to be honest, in our, in our industry, it's not what we lack in people. I think people are some of the things that I greatly value and appreciate in our sector. It's resources. Mm. Uh, um, I think we're constantly faced with making um, the most of uh, an environment where you have a lot of competing good ideas and, and needs um, relative to scarce resources. So um, I do think as a sector that we've evolved a great deal from a more personalized approach and a do-good approach to a far more professional, evidence-based um, approach, which I think is the right way to go. And I think the whole sector has evolved in that way. Um, I've always been a big fan of taking from either the public sector or certainly the private sector, but I don't think that's a, so the, I don't think that's the solution necessarily. I think it's an, should be an open source world on ideas, whether it's management or, you know, how you, how you professionalize anything. Um, so I don't really feel we need more of that. I just think we continue to do that. And I think we need to continue to do that. Um, certainly measurement is an area over the last 10 or 15 years where we've grown a great deal. Um, and as we have more resources, I think we can do more evidence-based, outcomes-focused um, programming and, and um, advancement. Thank you. Yeah, does that make sense? Did that answer your question? It does make sense. And it causes me to think when I first started working for CRS back in the day, where we were then and where the sector is now is quite quite a big change quite a bit more professionalism and rigor and but yeah it was still mom and popish although i didn't think so at the time right <laughs> um we're at time do you have a few more minutes sure because i wanted to also if you have anything you wanted to talk about how, how I, that I haven't asked you, but also, you know, any failures that you have that were great learnings for you. That's a lovely question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a lovely question. I don't, I don't have like big failures. I've certainly made lots of mistakes in my time, but I, I don't have any big failures that come to mind. Um, but I do, going back to what I said in an earlier question, I, I certainly, when I've made mistakes, it's also often been because I wanted to go too fast or I wasn't listening to other people uh, maybe as much as I could have. Um, you know, I, mean, I remember once um, I, I got on board with an idea and I was about ready to drive it forward and three colleagues from overseas came and basically disabused me of my, my idea. So that was a near failure. 
uh, and, and they forced me to listen to them. Um, and I, I sat there going, wow, these are three people I really respect. If they all think I'm wrong, I'm probably wrong. So I went back to the drawing board. Um, so that was maybe a mere failure. But my point being, um, yeah, the, it's still the lesson learned is, you know, spend time and space to listen to people. Don't slow down the organization, but um, yeah, pace oneself or keep one's altitude, as, as people say. What I like about also the story that you just told is if you didn't have a network or people that trusted you, they wouldn't have come and told you that. They would have maybe talked to each other or around you or somebody up or below you. But you had what you're, the, what you're not saying in that story is you had the relationships that people would come and say, Judson, hold up there, Babalu. Yep. You're heading down the wrong road. And so that's, and, and when I think about everything we've talked about, that's another, it's a thread is the relationships you've had, that you've had to listen to people, to learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it has been a great benefit in my career. Yeah, and then there's the trust also. So I'm just thinking about what else am I hearing? It's the trust. The trust that you've afforded others, that they've afforded you. So that would be another through line that I'm imagining that I see. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, I have been very lucky in my career to work with people who I did trust and were really good at what they did and I learned from. Anything that we didn't talk about that you were hoping that we would talk about or you wanted to talk about? I'm good. I thank you. Thank you for giving me the time. Um, as all, I, I mean, I learned a couple. I got some insights from you that I'm going to follow up on. So okay. one is um, that the mentoring from all levels. I like that a lot. And then the slowing down. I'm going to think about that. I'm, and write something, I think, because I think that's important. So thank you, Judson. Thank you, Lynn. Great. Take care. Take care. Bye.